People with ADHD and all mental health are looked down on by the world around them. But we will protect you here. We exist to motivate you, to inspire you, to listen and love the story you want to tell. We are here to understand you and to help you gain the confidence to truly be yourself. And you just might be more powerful than you think you are. Make no mistake, we've got your back. Welcome to Lobal Spark, something for someone. Spartans, what is your profession? Welcome to season eight of Lobal Spark, igniting new sparks. Lobal Spark is proudly sponsored by Feather. Feather your impact with Feather CRM. If you need help managing your online relationships, go to www.feathercrm, all one word, .io. Lobal Spark has started a fundraising effort for Crisis Text Line. We have a goal of $19 per episode as $19 supports one person in their time of absolute crisis with their mental health. $19 an episode is the goal, but just $1 would mean so much. If you would like to donate through our fundraiser titled Lauren's Infinity, the link is listed in the episode's description. Lobal Spark is supported with the help of Terry Shubilla, Claire Simpson, Casey Elliott, Sarah Delano, Leo Guinan, and Kirk Hofstrom. These six people are the backbone of this podcast. Today's episode is on ADHD and sex. ADHD affects every aspect of our lives, and this needs to be discussed. However, not a lot of people want to talk about it and put themselves out there. The four of us have set an example by talking about sex as mature adults, by talking about the way the ADHD brain relates to sex. I am so proud of us for proving that this needs to be talked about, and hopefully more ADHDers will feel confidence to talk about it. Use your creative side as an advantage in bed. Brave ADHDers featured in this episode are Terry Shubilla, Leo Guinan, Dorsey McFadden, and of course, yours truly, Lobau. Together, we are something for someone. This, uh, we have a unique opportunity here, I think, and that is to prove that we can talk about this topic. We can be respectful. We can talk about it as ADHD relates to sex. We can we can do this, and if if we can prove that that we can do this here, the four of us, then more and more people will be more open to talk about it. I, I think, and so this is just going to be a completely open discussion. And this topic was brought up by me and a lot of other people. <laughs> Actually, it's just none of them, I think, have the confidence to really talk about it because they think they're going to be talking about their personal relationship with someone else. That That's not what this really is. This is the relationship between the way that our brain works and sex. And I think that that's fair. Uh, so I'm just going to make this a completely open discussion. Give their thoughts on it as to how... <laughs> uh, risky behaviors, why we chase after the dopamine, why we, some of us might like kink, all that kind of shit. It is there for, for the taking. <laughs> so 
I mean, there's also a whole host of other women's issues too, and probably men's that we could go into. I mean, medically speaking. Absolutely. No, that's, that's the whole thing. This is a completely open discussion. <laughs> when I started to really understand ADHD, a part of my life got opened that I didn't think was related at all to ADHD. Um, when I started actually well maintaining my ADHD or well managing my ADHD, I was finally able to have an orgasm at the age of I'm just going there because that's just me. That's At the funny. age of 34, unfortunately, it was just a huge area of shame. And I mean, it, unfortunately, that's, it really sucks, but I had no idea it had to do with my short attention span and sensory overload. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with the short attention span. Like, mm -hmm. I can be right in the middle of the act and then just completely zone out and then... Mm -hmm. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's like yeah. your brain just yeah <laughs> so, goes off and it goes to the worst places too yeah you know that that wonderful um what what kind of thinking do they they call it um like intrusive thoughts intrusive thoughts which is another yeah. subject of adhd that people don't talk enough about but like makes you feel like something really wrong with you and in truth, if we could all talk about this and be open about it, I agree. These, these problems wouldn't exist. I, I, oh my God, I agree with that so much because this is like the topic that no one wants to put out there. Like they don't want to yeah. discuss the fact that it does have a huge impact on our sex life. And, and then that in turn has an impact on our relationships, which, you know, it, but it's not all negative. There are positive things about it too. Uh, you know, in my opinion. Oh yeah. It's, you know, the, the whole hyper-focus thing. I mean, I could stay down there for days if I'm hyper-focused on it. You know, like, so that yeah. I mean, there are positives in it. Yeah, there are absolutely. And I think that in the enjoyment of it is something that either ADHD kids are going to have like that or they're not. And the ones that have it like that, those ones have the high risk of all of the bad things and especially with like women getting pregnant and you know it, the well, cycle goes on and on and on <laughs> i mean if you have two adhd people that are out at a bar and they go home together one they, they don't have a condom what are the what are the odds that they say let's be responsible here and i'll go get a cop no that's not going to happen I mean, that's that's how I was born, essentially, was, <laughs> fuck it, we don't need the condom, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> put them up for adoption, and I have this great life. So it's, we forget about the safe aspect of it, I think, a, a lot of, uh, of the times, which can be very dangerous. And that's not even just pregnancy, that's STDs or any type of, Correct. of disease, you know, if you meet someone that's like, and you not using protection yeah. that yeah. not thinking or it could be somebody dangerous that you you know they didn't yeah. seem dangerous in the bar and then you go home with them or take them home or whatever and it's they're not who they were at the bar right that, that's that's a huge it gets into a whole nother thing with ADHD and being attracted to people who gaslight you and then how that whole thing sets up. <laughs> uh, Leo, do you have any thoughts on this? Like how has it affected you? 
yeah it, it's it's been it's been weird and um you, you know this is something that i have been trying to like figure out um you know kind of going forward and kind of the recent diagnosis and you know it, it, like I, I didn't know any of that until like well into my marriage right um and one of the issues that i had was um, you know, undergoing treatment for like anxiety and depression. Right. And I, you know, went on the, these medications and whatnot and it completely killed my sex drive. And so like there, there, there was that for kind of a number of years that just, um, you know, really took its toll and in, you know, kind of thinking, um, and now kind of like coming around and trying to figure out like how all of that fits into like past behaviors and, and all of that. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I, I've really been um, thinking a lot about, too, is kind of the idea that, um, you know, not everything is as black and white as, you know, I, I kind of thought it was growing up. And that comes from, you know, a whole bunch of things like, you know, growing up Catholic. There's a lot of complicated feelings around sex and guilt and, and all of that, right? Like, one of the things that I, I've really been, like, doing some research about is actually, like, the asexual side of things. And so um, understanding that that is not what I thought it was when I first heard the term asexual. And it really isn't that you don't want to have sex or anything. It's just the way your brain responds to like physical attributes versus other attributes. Um, and so like, this is something that, that I've been like kind of trying to figure out, especially like, so I, I saw a thread the other day on Twitter um, where someone was like, Hey, so I'm like an asexual writer and like writing about kind of the differences. And I would like allosexual, you know, so the kind of typical version of sexuality, right. And kind of how they are, um, attracted to people. And they like started writing out like, Oh, this is what happens. Like, you know, when I like see someone and I'm physically attracted and I'm like, yeah, none of that happens. <laughs> like, and that, that's Can kind of, you go the into things. that because I, I know nothing about, asexual that term can you go yeah i was just about to say the exact same thing so that's the thing like i didn't either and so um but it it comes a lot i I think it has to do a lot with like the fact like you know i face blindness and things like that that typically can can be associated with autism too like i am terrible at recognizing faces and i honestly spend so little time like thinking about like physical attributes, like I spend a lot of time in my head, like as I'm doing things, right? And so it's like, I'm not even necessarily like picking up on kind of the the same things. And so for me, attraction has never really been kind of this like physical thing. And it's like, you know, I can look at someone and say, oh, well, you know, she, she's pretty or whatever, but it's not this like super visceral reaction that like apparently most people get. There has to be other types of connection rather than just like, you know, so-called like physical attractiveness. There are certain people who are like attractive, um, but not in necessarily like a physical way. It's like some connection to some other aspect of life. Um, it's been quite the journey as I've tried to like really kind of come to terms with all of that. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, too, that you mentioned kink, because I think that has a lot to do with the desire for novelty. 
yeah. and kind of like, you know, like I, I found that in, in relationships sometimes it's like they, they grow stale and it's like, you need to like, the same thing over and over just isn't fun. Right. Like that, mm-hmm. that really loses interest quick. And the <laughs> understanding, the real understanding of ADHD brought me so much healing. And I think that's what I was trying to say with the story that right. I obviously lost the thread on, but I think for Leo, that too, just really in my head, like understanding having a reason for those things to happen just was so healing for me when I found that out. Yeah. Well, I, I, I the ADHD presented in this way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it does all go back to the acceptance and the confidence. Like once you found out you had ADHD, that's what you know, you accepted it, you had confidence in the way that your brain worked, then all of a sudden, boom, you know, no pun intended, like, but like, that's, and that's something that, you know, the whole novelty thing, Leo, that you brought up, it is extremely hard to do the normal things in this category. Like we, we are very, uh, not accepting in my opinion of the normal stuff and the normal stuff is great for a day and then it's you know so the creativity aspect of adhd is what can actually combat that and make it very exciting in my opinion but it's got to stay creative all the time i mean it's i tell myself every single day like i have to view my wife as the hot chick at the bar that i'm trying to pick up like that's, I mean, every day <laughs> and that's, yeah, Dorsey. <laughs> Leo, I just wanted, uh, Leo, I mean, Lobo, I just wanted to say that that while that's your experience, I mean, some people experience exactly the opposite and enjoy right. the, this whole podcast is about what everyone, the difference is. Yeah. Have. So that, no, I'm not saying yeah. for everybody, but for the people out there that are, you know, addicted to the novelty aspect that have to, change, oh, yeah. you know, change it up all the time. Yeah. What I'm saying is the creativity in the ADHD brain can really assist in that. Oh, that, I totally misunderstood. Sorry. Okay. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, do y'all agree with that? Like, I think that keeping things creative in bed is kind of one of the keys to having a successful relationship. I mean, like that is, you've got to be creative all the time and there are no more creative people than us. With mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the spontaneity too, like just being able to be like, Hey, I'm attracted to you right now. Even though, you know, you might look the same as you've been looking for however long, or you, maybe you're not, um, dressed, mm-hmm. especially, you know, um, attractive, like whatever, just looking at you right now, like, wow, I'm really attracted to you. And I kind of, it's funny, Leo, when you're talking about the asexuality thing, like, I, and I've, I've heard about it before. I've, you know, read some of it before. And I was like, no, I definitely, definitely attracted to people like, um, visually and, um, physically too. But I, I don't know if I have every <laughs> attraction, like brain, personality, humor, like appearance. I don't know. Physical, like, but if somebody's like altruistic, I'm just like, oh. I'm yours. That that is like the sexiest thing to me. Like you help children with um, <laughs> something. I don't know. I can't even think of anything right now. Like you, you teach kids how to fucking roller skate. I don't know. I'm just making something up. But like, 
oh my god <laughs> so you're the one that drives by and sees the you know the the dad playing with his kids in the yard and then all of a sudden that's just the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly absolutely so, but then too like there could be somebody who i don't know anything about them and i you know see them and i'm like damn but so i don't i don't know i guess i have it on all aspects yeah and i i think that you know it is uh, like like most things it's a bit of a spectrum right and there's various classifications even like within it that i haven't like dug into terribly deep um but i i've definitely seen terms tossed around um and, and you know there there's like you know demisexual gray aces which i, I don't know it, again it, it gets into like some long classification like you know there's there's all these different like variations that, that i think people are, are again looking for like what fits them the best right um and it's always interesting too to like see when people are, are like pushing back against people finding labels that describe them like oh well you know you don't need all these labels like whatever like but it really does help when you're trying to figure out like how your own brain works and like how you process different things it's like finding that right label that like oh that that kind of explains everything and like it starts to fit like that's incredibly helpful and so that that's something that like again i'm not totally like understanding where i fall on, on any of these but i did want to bring it up because i think it is important for people to realize that there are different ways of, of thinking out there and different ways that, that you know our brains work because um yeah, it's like, again, like a lot of the stuff, I just, I, I never had any clue. And so, you know, a lot of times when when you hear people talking like, oh, you know, this and that, and you're like, well, that's not quite how it works. So you, you, you almost try to push yourself into that. Like, oh, well, that, that that's how it works, right? Like, there's something wrong with me. So I must be doing something wrong. So I try to like, you know, mimic this behavior in hopes that, um, like, you know, it'll make me right. Like, and, and you know, and that, that's something that I see a lot of times with ADHD and like all aspects of our life. Right. Like, I, again, it comes down to, you know, not have it, not knowing you have ADHD. So you're trying to like fit into kind of the neurotypical norm and they say like, Oh, this is how to do things. And, and not communicating and not communicating. communicating. Right. Because it's like, we've a lot of times we've communicated in the past. Right. And we've been told that like, that's wrong. Or like, and so then yeah. we start questioning ourselves saying, well, like all this time, like I keep saying like things are different and, and everyone's like, no, you're, you're, no, you're wrong. And it's like, and that's the gaslighting, right? That's where it comes in. And it's like, oh, well, I must be wrong, I guess. Um, and then you start to question mm -hmm. everything. Right. And you're like, okay, well, obviously I'm doing this wrong. And then, so you're, you're trying to like really live up to, to all of these other expectations that, that people put mm -hmm. on you. And the reality is that, you know, it's kind of, it has to be a very individual thing. And, and I think realizing that, you know, you can kind of make those determinations on your own um, and figuring yeah. out like what And it's okay to talk about it. Right. And it's okay to talk about it. And it, it's good to talk about it. The communication, I think, with the whole sex topic is the most vital part of it is the openness and the confidence to say like, this is what I like this is what I don't like and have the other person not take offense to when you say like, this isn't working. But there's a step that comes before that. And that's learning what actually you like and having the courage to speak up and also to play with yourself, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a whole parenting thing in there too. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> what is parent the parenting thing? Well, yeah, I guess because I don't have kids, I always wonder when do you talk to them about masturbation, especially girls, because boys do it naturally, but girls don't get encouraged in that area, and so we don't find our enjoyment until later in life. So, yeah. why do y'all? Why do- <laughs> Y'all don't get encouraged to, to do that because that's like one of the most important things oh, in life. We get encouraged to take care of men. That's what we get encouraged yeah. to do. Take yeah. care of men and yeah. reproduce. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the- and and that that's a taboo area. You know, you don't talk about anything to do with that that area. What? It gets other names, not just a vagina. Girls are in the brothel. Yeah. I, see, yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess that the people that I've surrounded myself with, it's, it's not like that. Like, like the, it's, that's not the Mm. stereotype. The stereotype is you can double click your mouse and you can, you know, anytime you want. Like, I mean, it's not. And that is a healthy, like that's healthy. It's to have a beautiful experience with someone else that is like in it, in itself, very um, growing. It helps you to grow. And to be comfortable with yourself, and it should be something that people talk about. Yes, and with ADHD brain, I think that creativity and living in the moment are our two best things. And with sex, you need to be in the moment, and you need to be creative. Yeah, I have two. Yeah, two things. Um, so one, I think of like a great like sexual experience with a partner is kind of when you have that like animalistic part of you, like it's all physical and you, you know, there's just, you know, you're naturally moving to what each other's body's like. And then there's that kind of like a, a soul mingling of sorts where like you're on the same wavelength um, that way too. And then it's like, Okay, well, animal and like soul, and that's kind of like that is what a human is. But instead of just like going into it as like humans, you're going into it as the makeup of what humans are. Wow, that sounds like I just smoked pot. I'm sorry, I don't. No, 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 Terry, that makes complete sense. Basically, you know that whole lyric, uh, you know, in that rap song, like a lady on the street. But a freak in the, the but a freak in the shit. <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is like in the whole Fifty Shades of Grey craze. The reason that that is so popular is because a lot of people want that type of relationship. Whereas behind closed doors, you're an animal, but afterwards, you're the most loving person in the world. And that's a, yeah. the combination of those two things. I think is what you're you're, you're talking. Well, some about. people do. It's, right, but what I'm I'm trying to explain what Terry's trying to say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I guess it's it's like a stripping down. You know, when you're in that intimacy with somebody, that you could be completely, um, you know, give into your urges and and with their urges and everything too. And that that goes back to, you know, it, how it is important to masturbate and find out what you like. And I mean, when it comes to ADHD, there's also like the stimulation thing. Cause you know, your brain's yeah, yeah. focused on a million things and that kind of just like, all right, there's a place for my energy to go. But I know <laughs> um, I could speak 
for, you know, personally, and I'm not going to get too much into it, but, um, I've experienced some bad things in my life and I've actually found that double clicking my mouse or whatever, um, has actually helped me to connect with my body and, um, kind of, instead of giving my love and my attention and my, um, pleasing tendencies elsewhere, I'm giving it to myself and I'm learning what I like and feel safe doing so. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's helped me a lot. And I Beautiful. don't, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have gone through trauma for it to be helpful and very good for you. But um, if anybody who's listening, you know, has experienced anything negative like that, then, then I'd say that's a, that's a really good place to start because there's healing. Nothing should strip you away from enjoying that type of pleasure and you have to feel safe within yourself first and foremost before anything else. And, you know, thing with, I didn't find out I had ADHD until I was 29 years old. No, Leo, anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. You know, neurotypicals do this, do that. And you're like, why am I like, why can't I, whatever. And one of the huge things that I realized with me my entire life was like the people pleasing and that kind of plays in with, sex too, because I'm like a hard worker, you know, like always like worried about how everybody else is. Hard to say no at that point. Right. Like, I mean, that, that's one of those big issues, I I think. Like, right. Just want to make sure that like, like, are you enjoying yourself? Are you, you know, is this good? Like, so my pleasure is completely not even on the back burner. It's it's not even in the same room because I'm just focused on making sure that like this person wants to be with with me right now, like they want to tell me they love me or spend time with me, then I'm going to do whatever I can to make them happy. And I mean, that's real fucked up, but that's you, you recognize it and then you work on it. That's all. That's the most amazing way I've heard the masturbation described ever. And you did it per- perfect is like, it's about you. A lot of what we talk about mm-hmm. is how to take care of ourselves how to put ourselves first that you explain that flawlessly. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Like truly Dorsey, I know you agree with that. Like that was an amazing way of explaining that. I, oh, it was because I, and I think that you don't understand until you achieve that, until you achieve that transcendence and experience the self growth, the power that it can give you. That's unbelievable. I guess, risky behavior side of it. Have y'all ever, and you don't have to answer this, but I want to at least bring it up. Risky behavior with set, like, I guess, quote, mistakes where you probably shouldn't have done certain things that you just went ahead and did because it felt good in the moment. Lack of inhibition. It's lack of inhibition. I mean, that's just... And then you mix that with alcohol. Oh man. Like the, the novelty seeking aspect also, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and just throw, throw myself out there. Like, I feel like a lot of my life I am in control. 
So there is a certain aspect of my life where I don't want to be in control. I want to be controlled. And that has been both a blessing and a curse on the relationship side of things because all of a sudden it's like, you do with me what you want. Like that takes the power for me. The attraction is I, I want the power taken away so that I don't have to deal with anything. I don't have to care, you know, just strip the power away from me right now. And it, it's taken a lot for me to know that there's a balance between, because what you're asking of that person is you do everything. And that's something that I didn't realize until I, I got married and said, wait, that's not the right way to, to, to do this. I think I thought it was a compliment. I thought it was a good thing, but it's not when it's a cohesive partnership because I was forgetting the fact yeah. that maybe what if she was the same way? It, then, then you got to talk through it, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, does that make sense? We all have our own spirit. Yeah. And I think we all have our, we can only really come from a place of what experience we've lived or influences we've had. And we don't have that self-awareness like that. It's not something you're born with. We have to develop it and work at it. And I think the whole act of sex is something that can really help grow that self-awareness, but especially when you find a good partner to communicate with really, really helps. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's kind of the, the, the biggest issue with sex, right? Is that because so many people don't want to talk about it uh, because there, there's still a lot of taboo around it. You know, the, a, a lot of the other ways that, that we're able to grow is because we communicate about things, we talk through them. And like, as you're discussing it, you're like, oh, well, now, now I'm starting to see things differently, right? But because, you know, we're, we tend to be so tight-lipped around sex and, and, and all of that, it's like you, you just have to, like, figure it all out on your own. So everybody ends up having to figure it all out on their own. And that's, that's a really difficult way to do it, like, you know, um, because it, it, it's one of those, you know, you, you feel so alone, especially, like, if you start, like, feeling like in a way that you know is like traditionally like you know not acceptable and then you're like oh well how like what do you do with that and I think it manifests in all sorts of like different reactions right externally because it's this like conflict of um you know who you are inside versus like who you are externally and it comes from like it, and you know I think it there's a lot of parallels that, that I found with, with kind of just you know Again, the, the whole like masking side of things, right? And, and like, you know, hiding who you are, um, like that, that takes its toll, right? And so regardless of what aspect of your life it is, when you're not able to like talk freely about what you're feeling, about, you know, what you're experiencing, then it just, it, it, it makes... I think that's really where a lot of like mental illness comes from. It's this like forcing yourself to be one thing externally and like a completely different person, like inside your head. And that like, yeah, I think that manifests in, in like all sorts of different ways. And I think one of the things we really need to do, like as a human race is just get more comfortable with, with talking about it. And I think, you know, religion plays a huge role in the fact that it's this like, you know, sex is a dirty topic. Like you don't speak of it. It's only between like married people and like even like the really religious and people. A like man don't, and a woman. And a man and a woman, right. <laughs> and it's all of this, right? And it's like, 
um, it, it, th- th- there's all of these like external forces like acting on us and like telling us that, that you know the way we think and feel is wrong when in reality it's a, it's a lot of like power dynamics that there, there's a whole lot of, of people like wanting to exert power over different groups of people there, there's all sorts of it's just there's it's, it's a very complicated thing right and so giving people like safe spaces to talk about it, giving people, you know, like doing things like this. And, you know, like, I'll be honest, this is not a terribly comfortable conversation for me because, again, Catholic, there was a lot of guilt. And it's like, is this really like something I should be talking about? Like, and that made me realize that, yes, in fact, it is like because of that. Right. Because of all of that, like, you know, pressure. Yeah. And and like and, and that's really like where people, I think, can, you know, have a lot of room for growth that you know isn't talked about um because again you know people have all these like external pressures and it's not an easy thing to talk about so i think it's really important for for people to talk about it no it's 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 the parents responsibility and then the parents don't do it (laughs) no you're 100 right Uh, my parents you know what they did they put on a, a cassette tape uh of yeah. someone else talking about sex, like when I was, you know, in middle school or whatever, we were driving home from a football game. Oh, good for them. Yeah, so they put it on, and I was, like, hiding under blankets in the back. I'm like, God, I don't want to wh- – wh- what is this? Like, I just started touching myself, like, a week ago, and now I'm getting all these cassette tapes on. <laughs> because we are proving right now that this can be okay, and this is an awkward conversation. When Well, I mean, it's all connected. So when – Girls are not encouraged to discover anything besides the best bra to wear so that boys will like you. <laughs> um, they, they don't know anything about what they like. Well, guess what? What have boys been doing for since they were, I, I don't know when you start 10, 13. I don't know when you start with that, but whatever for mm-hmm. years. And then when you get sure. with a girl, the only thing you've been doing is yourself and you're like, I know what girls like. And Learn about anatomy. Then, then when <laughs> girls have their first experience, they're like, this is. That's it? <laughs> or even if, it, even if right. it's not that, it's just something, yeah. le- you know, leading up to that, one of the, you know, things. And I'm like, so then they think that's, that's as yeah, good as it normal. gets. They think yeah. that's good and normal and that they should be appreciative and, um, if you, if you aren't aside. enjoying that, then there's something wrong with you. And it's like, you gotta like make yourself like, Oh my God, like why are all those girls really love this? And I don't like, it, it goes, I don't know. every girl and every guy is different in terms of what they like. We're all, yeah. different. but we need to change the anatomy a little bit more than just, well, I was going to say, I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that teenage boys who haven't had experience with girls yet or you know whatever they start touching things that they don't they don't know the anatomy of well yeah because none has watched porn for i think up until a certain point and think that that is what it is right and i think that's sex positivity is that's what needs to happen sex positivity because that just make it okay to talk about people Yeah. So I think, for everyone. I, I one thing that really works. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's film it and then go through it and point out certain things. Oh wow. And say like we're going to the tape. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's that. thing. Right. And you know how that came about was like, I've never heard of anyone doing that actually. It, but because it's, it's fun for me as a guy to, I'm not watching porn. That turns me on. We watch it together to laugh together with like, what the fuck were you thinking doing that shit? Like, I, you know, like it's a fun thing. But and then he pulls out the marker and goes all like John Madden and starts circling stuff with the arrows and the X's. <laughs> that, that's exactly, Leo, how the idea came. Like, the fact of knowing that you're on camera is, is kind of invigorating for, mm-hmm. for both. And, and so that satisfies a lot of the like, kink novelty thing and then when you go back and do it like i'm watching. only do this with someone you trust right, right, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's uh well this is not good a good point but it's it's something where it actually does work to keep the excitement going thing the other thing yeah. we don't, uh, don't do enough is compliment our partner what they do well like if if mm. someone it, you know, if your partner gives you something that you really enjoy and you're the receiver, you got to be like, fuck yeah, you're, you're amazing at that. You're the best in the world. Like that's, I mean, it, it, that helps with the sexual confidence <laughs> in my right. opinion. And then yeah. you get more of that thing that you enjoy. Communication. Communication really Communication. makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Like making it okay, like... It just, you know, it, it, general principles, like, you, you know, I, I think something that would help was actually like having comprehensive sex education. Um, oh, and, you, yeah. you know, and, and the, the, the issue there is like with the, the public schools right now, like there, there's so much pushback because, again, it comes down to the parents. Oh, it, that's our job to teach them. And then they don't. Um, and yeah. so I almost wonder if there, there's not room for like a third party to come in and just offer classes and, and you know oh maybe like, like you know just have like you know an after school sex ed club that is not affiliated with the public school and i mean like i, I it, that, that's a tough one to like sell and I, I don't know how you would like do that but you know like th- this is something that like you know i see right like my kids are, are like you know my oldest is 10 now and this is something that like you know my wife and i have talked about and it's like okay well you know where's he going to learn this? And like, you know, we'll help out some, but you know, let's, let's be honest again, like still trying to figure shit out, like to just now, like trying to put pieces together. And so it's like, I don't want my kids to like have to go through like dealing with like, you know, the guilty associations and like the weird feelings associated with kind of this like overbearing religious aspect, like kind of touching everything. And it's, you know, so how do we give that, to kids growing up and even adults who need it, right? Like the, this is something I think a lot of adults still need because it's, you know, they all have experiences like that. And in all fairness, you're right on that. The problem is the parents are so concerned a lot of the times that the kids, especially if they're ADHD or autistic or whatnot, are going to make a life altering impulsive mistake in this category that, that really, so they're overprotective in a sense. So there's a fine balance between like and then it backfires on uh, yeah i was gonna say you know what happens without the information um they end up making the the right. mistake because but they don't have the knowledge in the moment to overcome it 
exactly. when you have that knowledge, when you have that, like, oh, this is something that I might have to deal with, I can make a plan. So when it does happen, I have a response. That's one of the best things with ADHD. When you know that you're There's going to be facing a difficult situation, have a plan in place that you can fall back on. Prepare for the fall. And there's a document, docu-series on Netflix about sex. It's really fantastic. And you could watch that with your children. Uh, honestly, like, it's it makes you just feel normal, period. I can't remember the name, What's though. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find it. I was just trying to find it. I can't remember. But it's got, it's, it's, it's a, got separate series. And there's also one called Principles of Pleasure. I'll just say that that's a good one, too. Just, you know, being, being safe within yourself and learning yourself and having no shame, no guilt, just in that in general. And then that, yeah, that makes then the communication easier because you know what you're saying. So, you know what I mean? Like you have to have that because you could have open communication, but if you don't know enough about yourself and your likes or dislikes, your you know, what makes you feel shameful or anything, then you're just going to go along with what your partner says. And, just, you know, so yeah, definitely all of that, but be safe. Yeah. Kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you got to say that. Especially I, it's, uh, condoms are cheaper I'm than, a- than <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Like formula. Kids are expensive as shit. Yeah. I will throw that out there. And there's not a shortage on Trojans right now. There's a shortage on everything else in the world. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Well, right. We have the six feet rule that it's like, well, what do you do now? <laughs> so obviously it's going to be a political, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you got. I, I found the Netflix series, by the way. Oh. I put it in there. It's um, the mind. It's something, the mind. Of course, I forgot it that quickly. The mind explained teenage mm-hmm. brain. And also, have you seen Big Mouth? Big Mouth is something I don't think you'd watch it with kids, but it's the sex education I should have got. I love <laughs> that because it's the hormone monster. Oh my god, it's all it's of great. it. All it's of great. it. All right, so tie this together. We got take care of yourself first, <laughs> masturbate. Okay, first foremost, everyone needs to got to happen. Spoil yourself. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Communicate with your partner before you have sex with them. I think is maybe and during and after before during and after yeah okay so all right we got it all uh communication is truly the key and if it's awkward to talk about it really is be safe about it you are correct dorsey but do film review it's it is and think about it as a challenge get curious about how you can exactly what i'm actually really proud of us this is a conversation that didn't get stupid didn't get perverted it was educational like i learned a shit ton actually in this discussion this isn't a bad thing to talk about this should not be awkward and i think that if we set the trend by doing this other people will talk about it the the less of a problem it's going to be for a lot of people that's because it is a massively important topic that nobody wants to talk about yep yep in my opinion. So anyways, love (laughs) y'all. What is your profession? (laughs) 
you would like to watch this episode, please join my Patreon page. It's got a lot of really useful information in it. Simply click on support the show in the episode's description. I would be honored.